Good morning. If we've not met before, as Scott said, my name is Sean. I'm setting my timer on my phone right now because, to be honest, I don't want to rob any time from the Holy Spirit. And sometimes I get so excited talking about him, I unwittingly squeeze him out. So I'm just... But I need to time this morning to build faith. I feel like it's Christmas and I've got the inside track on that massive present under the tree that the Father's kind of whispered to me, and I know what it is. In fact, I've got one of them, and I'm experiencing this gift that's under the tree. So I've come this morning, the real expectation that I know what the gift is that our Heavenly Father wants to give us this morning. For some time, some in the room, it's the first time you're going to receive this gift. And for others, it's a familiar gift like me. You're experiencing Him. And I'm talking about the Holy Spirit, baptism in the Holy Spirit. I'm just, so therefore, I just don't want to rob any time. So that's where my, so if I stopped abruptly, it's because I want to make room to receive the gift. Is that good? So we're in the middle of a sermon series, uh, talking about the presence of God, that God is with us. And last week, we had that graphic, if you remember, just talking around the history uh, of humanity and the presence of God being in the garden and then the tabernacle, the temple. Uh, last week, there was a sense of Jesus amongst us, uh, the very presence of God amongst his people. And today we're talking about Pentecost. And I want to remind all of us stuff that we probably already know, that the people of God always had an expectation that the Holy Spirit would be amongst the people of God. They knew that because when they look back, Joseph, the Holy Spirit came upon him in Egypt, gave him abilities to help Pharaoh understand dreams. Uh, Moses and the 70 elders had the Holy Spirit come upon them. They were able to lead and guide. Bezalel the craftsman, I read it yesterday, he was given gifts as an artisan to create the things that were going to be put into the tabernacle, the presence of God there. We saw the Holy Spirit fall upon King David and King Saul, upon Elijah and Elisha and so on and so on. So they had this expectation expectation that the Holy Spirit would come upon the people of God. And we use terms like for particular people, for particular times, for particular purposes, if you've ever done Alpha, which I have. And so the people of God, at the point in the story we're joining, they would have had an understanding that the Holy Spirit would often come on men and women at individual times, but not dwell and live with them for all time. But they also had more than just an experience. They had a promise from God in Joel 2, verses 28 to 29. They would have been aware of this. It said this, God promised that after a time of trouble, there would be restoration. In that restoration, he said, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. So the people of God, as we join the story, they'd have had this expectation that God would be amongst his people, but also at some point, the Holy Spirit was going to be poured out on all people. And so we're going to jump into the story now after Jesus has been uh, murdered. He's been raised from the dead. So we jump to Acts 1, 4 to 5. And we join the story of 
Jesus, just before he rises to heaven, and Acts 4, Acts 1, 4 to 5 says this. Once, when he was eating with them, his disciples, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Jesus saying to his disciples, I want you to wait in Jerusalem until that promised gift spoken to by Joel is given to the people of God. Wait until you're ready to receive that gift. Now we know because we can read on in the story. They didn't know at that exact time. They didn't have to wait too long before the gift of the Holy Spirit is given. We see that first of all in Jerusalem. The followers of Jesus are all together in one place. They were believers. They received the baptism of Jesus. Remember his disciples were baptizing people all the time into Jesus' baptisms. These disciples were lightly discouraged, but they're all together in one place. And Acts 2, 1 to 4 records this. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like tongues of flames like flames or tongues of fire, appeared and settled on each of them. And get this, and everyone present, everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. And they began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Now, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And this morning, I'm going to spend the next 25 minutes just keep reminding you of what the Bible says. It matters little than what I say if it's not in accordance with the Bible. But what the Bible says is very important. And faith comes through hearing God's Word, the Bible. And from this passage, I want to point out that it's obvious, really, that every believer was present Every believer who was present was filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you see that? In, can we at least agree on that? This is what the Bible says, that every believer present was filled with the Holy Spirit. So we can do a little geography uh, trip today. So we start in Jerusalem. Let's jump on to Samaria, a little further out so following persecution, the early church starts to scatter. And as they leave Jerusalem and go out, they start proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Philip was amongst these people and many in Samaria responded to the good news of Jesus and they get baptized. Now news that the, even the Samaritans who were despised and looked down on by God's people, the Jews... They were amazed that even the Samaritans had believed the good news of Jesus and got baptized. News reaches the apostles in Jerusalem. So they send Peter and John to investigate, to confirm, is this true? Have even the Samaritans been accepted by God? Then Acts 8, 17 records this. That then Peter and John laid their hands upon these believers, these Samaritan believers who were looked down upon, 
And they received their Holy Spirit. So now in Jerusalem, it's been poured out on everyone. And now even the Samaritans who've believed, the, the apostles come, see there's faith, they lay hands on them, and even Samaritans receive the Holy Spirit. So these were believers who were already been baptized in water, and now once they've been baptized in water, they receive the Holy Spirit when hands are laid on them to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you to at least see that from the Bible. And let's jump on. Let's jump on to Damascus. That the gift is given uh, in Jerusalem. It's given in Samaria. Let's go to Damascus, north of this. So just a little bit of background. We start to get introduced in the book of the Bible, in the book of Acts. This man called Saul, he was very zealous. In fact, he hated Christians. He got letters from those in authority to go to Damascus, arrest men and women who were followers of Jesus, and bring them back to Jerusalem to be punished. So Saul is on his way. It's a familiar story to many of us. And on the road to Damascus, he sees a bright light. He encounters Jesus. And during a similar time of Paul's encounter, a man called Ananias in Damascus, the very type of person that Saul was wanted to arrest and take to Jerusalem, gets a vision that he is to go to Saul to lay hands on him. And so Ananias is understandably fearful, but nevertheless, because he's obedient, he pursues and seeks out Paul, who's staying on Straight Street. And Acts 19.17 says this, So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road, has sent me so that you might regain your sight, and here we go, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. So Saul believed, and then he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and then after that, he was baptized in water. The wonderful thing about this was, the Holy Spirit doesn't just come upon crowds of people gathered, whether it's in Jerusalem or in Samaria, but he also sees the one. He sees the one. And he comes and meets with the one. It's wonderful how God the Father gives his gift that he promised to do. Let's jump back now to uh, Israel, to Caesarea, that the gift is given even in Caesarea, this now to a Roman army officer, a centurion called Cornelius. Now, he's a God-fearing man in good standing amongst the Jews, helping them, and he's godly and devout, and he has a vision that he needs to call someone from Tarsus uh, to come, to, someone in Joppa, to come to his home. In Joppa, Peter has this if you're a Christian and around church circles, you know he has this vision of a, a sheet coming down three times. And each time he's told to eat the contents of that sheet. And for him, he didn't want to do it. But he was called to do it. And so somehow in this moment, 
Cornelius sends people to Joppa to find Peter, who in turn has had this amazing vision. Peter finds the courage to go with his disciples to see Cornelius. Cornelius has assembled his whole family and friends and relatives, and he's got a house full of people. And we have this moment where Peter comes, a Jew, into a Roman officer, the occupies, those who have oppressed him. He comes into his home, and it's full of other Romans... And in that moment, we have this incredible uh, account in Acts 10, 44 to 46. And they come together. They realize what's going on. So Peter starts to share the good news of Jesus Christ. Cornelius was a God-fearer, but didn't understand the Messiah, Jesus. And as Peter is telling the household, remember it was Middle Eastern, most likely they're outdoors, they had big courtyards, it would have been heaving, it would have been full. In this environment, as Peter is just explaining not just the vision that he had, and it's amazing he's in this home, but he's talking about Jesus Christ. It says this, even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit The Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. All those who were listening. The Holy Spirit fell on them. And the Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed. This is significant that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been pulled out on Gentiles too. Because that's us. Most of us in this room, most, don't have Jewish heritage. Some do. But but we get to share in that gift. I mean, it's... I'm hoping the wonder and the privilege the Spirit of God is showing you that which we are so familiar with was stunning. What's been so now we have this large crowd, they believed, and, and, and just being believed, they were then filled with the Holy Spirit, having believed in Jesus. And then they were baptized in water. And this goes on. We can look again now in Ephesus. This gift is given even in Ephesus, which we call modern day Turkey. Paul, who was once Saul, is working through the interior, and he arrives at Ephesus. And when he arrives at Ephesus, he found believers. Now, we don't know uh, what disciples they were, whether disciples of John or Jesus. So Paul seems to be confused by them. So he says, your disciples, I can see that. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And these disciples, there's 12 of them, they say, well, we've not even heard or didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. And so... Paul is saying that to to understand if the gospel has been preached to people clearly, they need to have received the Holy Spirit. That's all part of becoming a Christian. And one of his ways of finding out if people have been birthed well into Christ is, have you received the Holy Spirit? And these disciples, things out there, disciples of John, they said, no, we've only had the baptism of John. And so uh, Paul then starts to explain to them the truth of Jesus. Paul said, John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the one who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, 
They were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Paul laid his hands on them and the Holy Spirit came upon them. And they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. And so once it's explained the good news of Jesus Christ, Paul uh, baptizes them, then lay hands on them, and they then begin to speak in tongues, this prayer language that somehow as we use it, it strengthens our inner man or our inner woman, that somehow when we pray out in this strange language, that it, it helps us, or when we prophesy in order to strengthen and encourage and build up other believers, speaking God into them, that, that they're able to do that when they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so what we see in uh, Ephesians uh, 19 is that we can see that these disciples, once of John, now of Jesus, believed, they're then baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, and then they receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, now I realize you've just been drinking from a fire hydrant for the last 15 minutes. So just to recap, to catch our breath before we do the next move. What, we want, what I want you to see this morning, that in Jerusalem, they believed. And when I say believe, what I mean is this whole thing going on between repenting, receiving forgiveness. That's what it means to believe in Jesus. Often we separate those two out. You've got to repent and receive forgiveness. Sometimes some people uh, receive forgiveness without repenting. Some people repent but never really receive forgiveness from God. Both are the same and we can contend for both. And then what we see is that they are baptized in water and then they are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Again, because of whole numbers of reasons, we separated out believing from baptism in water and we separated that out again from the Holy Spirit as if somehow they're different. So when we believe, it's about forgiveness because of our repentance, and then we're baptized in water, and we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And in Jerusalem, that all happened to everyone who was present. In Samaria, the order was, uh, uh, again, the same. In terms of they believed in Jesus, they were baptized in water, and then they are baptized in the Holy Spirit, and that happened to everyone again. In Damascus, the order was slightly different. Paul still believed, but the Holy Spirit came upon him. He was baptized in the Holy Spirit through laying of hands. And then he was baptized in water. And this was just the one. I want to say that again, even now, that he sees the one. Makes provision for the one. In Caesarea, they're all gathered together, jammed into this house. Romans eyeing suspiciously these Jews. These Jews wondering what on earth is going on here. As Peter speaks, the ha all those in the house believe. And then the Spirit of God comes upon them even now while Peter is speaking. Even now the Holy Spirit is upon people, people even as I am speaking. And then they are baptized in water following that. And that was for all who are listening. I've taken time this morning to make sure... I hope that everyone in this room, that everyone online, that you are listening now. You are listening now. And in Ephesus, it's, again, we see, we believe, baptized in water, and then hands are laid, and then they're baptized in the Holy Spirit, all 12. 
All 12, it says. Are we good for that? The gift of the Holy Spirit is for all. It is for everyone who is present. Be that the many, maybe you've come here alone. The gift of the Holy Spirit is for all who are listening. For all of them. And what I felt God say to me for this morning is that the gift is given not just in Jerusalem and in Samaria, in Damascus and in Caesarea and in Ephesus, but this gift is being given and will be given in Reading. Now we know that, don't we? We know that. I'm hoping that many of us have a story. I remember when I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, I didn't have that language at the time. It was on a beach in Portsmouth in 1989. I'd just given my life to Jesus. I was uh, 22. I was a mess internally, outwardly. I looked all right. Inwardly, I was so lost. I gave my life to Jesus at the end of a day, sitting on a beach. And as I as I walked along the beach back home and the Spirit of God fell upon me and the joy of the Lord, which I'd, I'd not known a pure joy before, a holy joy, that joy of adoption. I'd not known that and he came upon me and there was a joy and a gladness and a delight and a lightness in my spirit. And my life was still such a mess. But I was forgiven. And I knew something of the holiness of God. Of the power of God. Of the closeness of God. Of the warmth of God. Of the accept, the truth of the gospel at work in my life. And I, I want that story for all of you. That you would know that tangible, real. That if someone said to you, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? As well, Paul asked the disciples in Ephesus, you would be able to say, well, yes, I did. I, was, I believed and I was baptized in water. And, and then later, maybe I was baptized in the Holy Spirit in the providence of God. There was that, but that happened to me. The part of me being born again, I've got that story. Or, or maybe like me, I, I gave my life to Christ. And within, I guess, within an hour, with little understanding, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I had to explain to me what, what happened there. I thought that was normal for every. What happened? And I want that. More importantly, God wants that. For us, it's our inheritance. It's what brings the life that we so enjoy when we're together. That it gets us up again when we failed miserably. It's he who comes upon us and clothes us with power from on high. That's not from ourselves who propels us forwards. He wants that for you. It's our inheritance. It was promised to us. It was given first at Pentecost and has been given throughout generations, regardless of culture, regardless of education, regardless of history, regardless of what's going on in your life. If you're a follower of Jesus, we are to believe. We're to be baptized in water and we're to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's the calling upon our life. In a few moments... Um, Leah Mulk is going to come up and going to start. Uh, where, is Leah in the room? Leah, if you can just wake your way up. I've got to get off in at least seven minutes' time. If it's earlier, even the better. This is what we're going to do. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Peter and John in Samaria might have been 
considered as the experts. They'd literally walk with Jesus. They were literally there in Jerusalem in Acts 2. They knew the power of the Holy Spirit falling upon them like a tongue of flame upon their head. That's, that's quite a qualification to go and to preach and let the Spirit of God come. Few of us are in that place. Most of us feel like we're Ananias. You know, we love Jesus, but at times we can fearful. Are you sure you want me to do this? But in those moments, we also want to be obedient. And in a few moments, when we turn to one another and lay hands on one another to invite the Holy Spirit to come upon those, maybe for the first time or to be filled again with the Holy Spirit, even if we feel we're more like an Ananias, more aware of our shortcomings and fearful, but we go by obedience, because that's what Jesus has asked us to do, that we could by faith lay hands and trust God to do what only he can do. The great thing about a preach like this, my preparation is prayer, and then just trusting God to do what he said he would do. And that's hugely releasing. But I also know and enjoy the gift and many of us in the room have, but because the church has grown, so many, there's a hundred more people, adults in this room than there were a year ago. The con- or 50, if it's between the two. The concern of that is many of you won't have heard this clearly. This is the life that you're being drawn to. This is the fullness of the good news of Jesus Christ. This is what we're contending for. This is a, a real foundation. When we talk about the presence of God, it's not a concept to us. It's an inheritance, it's a heritage. It's a way of life. It's a privilege, it's a joy. It touches our emotions. It's it's experiential. It's what we're contending for. This is not a dry faith. And maybe this morning you're going to get received the gift of tongues for the very first time. That epic prayer language when I don't know what to say anymore. I'm out of words. I'm out of energy. And then the Holy Spirit helps me to pray And somehow through that, I know I'm being strengthened in my inner man where I feel so weak and vulnerable. And you need that and I need that. Maybe this morning you're going to receive that gift. And when that moment comes, just start praying out. You'll feel foolish. You'll feel that the whole room is focused on you. They're really not. Be released from that and just start to speak out. If you've not prayed in tongues before, those lay hands and say, give them the gift of tongues. Or maybe if you're here on your own and find yourself alone again, and just know that Paul was dealt with one-on-one and the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And if you want someone to pray with you, guy on guy, girl on girl, just because we don't all know each other yet, let's be wise, but let's invite the Holy Spirit.